Welcome to our class on Chassidus. We're going to be learning this week a beautiful Chassidic discourse from the Rebbe. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called Loi Hoyu Yomim Toivim Yisrael. There was no great holidays for the Jewish people. The Rebbe said the Chassidic discourse on Monday in Parshas Ekev, which was on the 15th day of the month of Av, in the year Tavshin Memzayin, 34 years ago, and later on in the year Tavshin Nun, 31 years ago, in honor of Tubav, the Rebbe certified and edited this Chassidic discourse. And here we're going to learn today about the holiday of Tubav, which is this Shabbos. And the Rebbe is going to explain the most powerful revelations that take place on this powerful day of Tubav. So again, the Chassidic discourse is based on the Mishnah in the Talmud and Tractate Tainus, where the Mishnah says as follows. There were no holidays for the, for the Jewish people like the 15th day of the month of Av and Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the year when Hashem forgives us. So obviously Yom Kippur we know is a holy day. Hashem forgives us. We come out clean. But the question is, what is this powerful holiday of Tubov, where the Mishnah says there's no holiday for the Jewish people as great as the holiday as the 15th day in the month of Av? So the Rebbe brings from the Rebbe Rashab, the fifth Chabad Rebbe, in a Chassidic discourse, where he explains the idea of the 15th day of the month of Av, and he brings from the Priyat Chaim, which is from the Zohar. And the Zohar says that the holiday of Tubav, what's so special about the holiday of Tubav? Because on the 15th day of the month of Av, the moon and the Jewish people, we uh, our calendar is based on the moon, we're compared to the moon. So on the 15th day of the month, the moon is at its fullest. So because the, the moon is at its fullest, so that's the power of the 15th day of the month of Av. Now, we all know that the Talmud tells us six different things that happened on Tubov, and actually the Zohar brings a seventh, a seventh uh, thing that happened in the month, uh, on, on Tubov. So that's all a byproduct of the main idea of, of the day, which is the fact that the moon is complete. So in other words, the moon is complete, that's the power of the day. Because it's such a powerful day, because the moon is complete, that's why... The Talmud lists six th- powerful things that happened on that day, and as always, they add a seventh thing that happened on that day. So the Rebbe Rashab says, one second, what are we saying? That the reason why Tubav is so powerful because on the 15th day of the month of Av, and the 15th, the moon is complete. But guess what? Every single month of all the months in the Jewish calendar have a 15th. So what is so special about the 15th day in the month of Av? And the fact is, if you're going to say, well, every month is... No, we don't find that every single month has a holiday. The only two months that actually have a holiday on the 15th, it's not because of the 15th. It happens to be the holiday of Pesach, which is on the 15th of Nisan, and the holiday of Sukkot, which is the 15th of Tishrei. So if we're saying it's because it's the 15th of the month, and the moon is complete, so why is there no holidays every single month on the 15th? Take it a step further, we have to understand, the Rebbe says. What is it saying in the Mishnah? There was no holidays to the Jewish people like the 15th day of the month of Av. In other words, what it's saying in simple English is, it's the greatest holiday the Jewish people had. Even greater than Passover. Even greater than Sukkot. Even though those are double. They're on Pesach and the 15th. It's Sukkot and the 15th. But Tuba, where there's no formal biblical holiday, will say, no, that's even greater than Pesach, even greater than Sukkot, because this is on the 15th day of the month. So the Rebbe says that the Rebbe Hashab, in that specific discourse, he explains as follows. That what is the power and the superiority of the completion of the month of the 15th day in the month of Av, and the fact that it's complete, is because it's complete after there's been a tremendous diminishing. After there was a, an, a part of the month that, that was very, very low, and when the part of the month was so low, 
For example, the month, this month of Tubav, we had Tishabav, and Tishabav, we witnessed the destruction of two temples and all the other things that happened on Tishabav. So we're coming from such a low. So when you come after such a low and you go to the high of Tubav, so obviously it's, it's, it's extremely, extremely powerful. So the truth is, every month you have Tubav, yeah, the moon is complete. But every month you don't have such a dip like you have in the month of Av. In the month of Av, you dip up the two temples being destroyed, amongst other things that happen on, t- to, uh, on the ninth of Av. So when you're coming after such a low, and you have the high of two above, that's why it's so powerful. And the Rebbe says, like, we know there's a rule, and in reference to highs and lows, that if you have a high, okay, a high is a high. But a high that comes after a low is much greater and much higher than a regular high. And not only that, the more the low is, the more the struggle, the more the challenge. And then after you're able to pick yourself up after the challenge, after the struggle, so the high is even much more powerful than before the challenge. So therefore, since two balls when the moon is complete, and which, which month are we talking about? We're talking the month of Av. And the month of Av, we know there was a tremendous low for the Jewish people, because the Jewish people are compared to the moon. So therefore, because we had such a tremendous low of the month of Av, Tishabov, so therefore we have the high afterwards on the 15th day of Av, so therefore this what? It's much, much higher. So again, that's the recap. What the Rebbe is bringing from the Rebbe Hashab, and he's saying, the reason why Tubav is such a powerful holiday is because we had the low of the ninth of Av. So once you have such a deep low, and then you have a high, so the high is much greater than a regular high. So even though every 15th of the month is amazing, but when you have the 15th of Av, because it comes after the law of Tishabav, obviously it's much more powerful. So now the Rebbe's going to explain it and he's in a step further, a step further and a step deeper. What do we say? What do we just learn? That the 15th day of the month of Av is so powerful because it comes after the low of Tishabov. So let's look, the Rebbe says, at one of the things that happened on, on, on Tishabov. <clears throat> one of the things that happened on Tubov is that we know when the Jewish people were in the desert, and they sinned against Hashem by saying a bad report about the land of Israel. So what happened is every, and that happened on Tishabov. So every single year on Tishabov, there was a voice that came out, and people would would uh, dig graves. They would go into the grave, and what happens is on the next morning, those unfortunate never woke up were buried, and those that woke up came out out of the grave. And they did this for year in, year out, for all the years in the desert. Until it came the last year of being in the desert, after the, the 40th year. After for 39 years, everyone, every year someone died in Tishabov. On the 40th year, they stopped dying. When did they find out they stopped dying? They found that on Tubov. So Tubov is known, one of the powerful things that happened on Tubov is that the, the people that were dying in the desert stopped dying on Tubov. They found out they stopped dying on Tubov. In other words, technically, they stopped dying on Tishabov. But what happened was they thought maybe they made a mistake on the day. So they went back in again on, on 10th, 11th. By the time they came to 15th, they saw the moon was complete. They knew, guess what? Voila, nobody died this year. So technically, they stopped dying on Tishabov. But when they found out, when was the celebration they stopped dying? It didn't happen until the 15th of day of the month of Av. Now, so the Jewish people that were dying every year, what is that connected to? That's connected to Tishabov. Because on Tishabov, when they came back with the bad report and they were crying for the with terrible report, so that's when the decree was they're going to die in the desert and they're not going to go into the land of Israel. So that's what happened on Tishabov. So it was the, the dying in the desert connected to Tishabov. Not only that, when did it actually take place? They died. They didn't die just randomly throughout the year. They died specifically on Tishabov every year for the 39 years. Because, as, as I mentioned before, every single year for 39 years, they would dig their grave, and on Tishabab, they died. Now, so what happens after, after, after 39 years, in the 40th year, and they didn't die in Tishabab, but they didn't find out until the 15th. So what happens then is, on the 15th of Ab, you imagine for 39 years, year in, year out, they would dig the grave and people died. On the 40th, nobody died. So how, you can imagine how great the celebration was. When did they celebrate? They celebrated on the 15th day of the month of Av. <clears throat> now, so that's one component that happened on Tishabov. 
that they stopped dying. The second thing we know is that what was the terrible thing of Tisha B'Av? The temple was destroyed. Not only one, but both. Both temples destroyed, were destroyed on Tisha B'Av. And not only that, not only was it both temples destroyed, but the decree that it was going to be destroyed was also on Tisha B'Av. Because on the first Tisha B'Av, when there was a decree that we're not going to go into the land of Israel, and so then it was also the decree that the temple was going to be destroyed. And both decrees, and it was the decree that they were going to die in the desert, and they died every single year in Tisha B'Av, and the decree that Hashem said you're going to have, you're mourning now for nothing, you're going to mourn the two destructions. So already the, 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 the plan for the both destructions already took place in Tisha B'Av, all came because of the sin of the, of the people that came, gave back the bad report from Israel. Now, so what happened? So Tisha B'Av was a day that what? They, they spoke about, against the land of Israel. Tishbah was a day that for every year for 39 years they died. Tishbah was a day that decreed the destruction of the temple. When did they stop dying? On Tubah, the 15th day of the month above. Now, what happened on Tishbah also? The destruction of both temples. So therefore the Rebbe says that on Tubah, you have a the, the light and the glow of what's going to be in the future, the rebuilding of the two temples is also takes place on Tubov. Why? Because what's the ultimate revelation of the future when Mashiach is going to come? He's going to build a third temple, which is the great elevation, the great high, which comes after the tremendous low of the destruction of the two temples. Okay, so just to recap, the second second point I was making over here is point about what I was explaining is that. Tishba was a tremendous low. The low was because that's when they gave the bad report. That's when they cried. That's when they died for 39 years straight. That's when the decree for the both temples to be destroyed. And that's when the two, both temples are destroyed. What happened on Tubov? They stopped dying, which is a tremendous celebration. So the same thing also on Tubov, you have a um, a, 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 like a, a, a minor revelation of what's going to be in the future, which we're going to have the building of the third temple. Um, on Tubov. Now, so the question is, one second. The fact that they died every year in Tishabov, we know that. The fact they stopped dying in the 40th year and they didn't find that to the 15th, okay, we got that. The fact that the, the, the temple, both temples are destroyed on Tishabov, we got that. But what's the connection that in the 15th day of Av is connected to the third temple, to the future? We're, we're, we're missing a link here. So, he, so the Rebbe says that the Rebbe Rashab continues to explain the Hasidic discourse and he says like this. What's the connection between Tubov that we're saying and the building of the third temple? <clears throat> so the Rebbe says we know that when Mashiach is going to come, so we know Hashem's name is made up of four letters. Yud, Hey, and Vav, Hey. Now, Yud Hey, Vav Hey is Hashem's name, but Yud Hey and Vav Hey have tremendous depth to it, Kabbalistically. Yud Hey represents Yud is Chachma, Hey is Bina, Vav is the six Midot, and Hey is Malchus. You have all the spheres in Hashem's name. When Mashiach comes, Vav Hey, the six Midot, and Malchus of Hashem's name is going to be transformed into Yud Kei. It's only going to be Yudke. It's only going to be Chachma and Bina. In other words, and there it brings a verse. The verse is as follows um, in the prophets. By Yoimahu on that day, Yia, Yudhe, Yudhe, it doesn't say Bavhe, knows Yia twice Yudhe. By Yoimahu in the future, it's going to be Yia. It's not going to be Yudke, Bavke, which is Chachma and Bina, um, the, the, the Zah, the small face, the six Midas and Malchus, but it's going to be Yudhe, Yudhe. It's going to be a double Chachma and Bina. Now, why is that? Why is it when Mashiach comes, it's not going to be Yudhei Bavhei, it's going to be Yudhei Yudhei, which represents twice the idea of Chachma and Bina. And Rebbe explains very powerfully from the Zohar. The Zohar says like this We know Kedusha is holiness, but what happens is there's Yenikas Hachitsoinim. That's when negative forces try to leach out powerful powers from holy places and they use it for negative things in other words you can't do anything without energy so Klippa and Sitra Achra 
negative sources come to leech power from holy places. So the Rebbe says, quotes in the Zohar, it says that Chitzonius, Klippus, Sitrachra, they can only leech power from Vavhei, which is from Zerampin, the Nukva, which is from the Midois and Malchus. From Avaim, Chachman Bina, they cannot leech out power. And as when it comes to Yudhei, which is Avaim, Chachman Bina, they cannot leech out. Yudhei, Avaim is protected. Vavhei, Midois and Malchus, unfortunately, is not protected, and they can leech out from there. So in this world, Chitzonius, Klippa, and Sitrach, they have where to leech from, because this world is Yudhei, Vavhei. Maybe Yudhei they can access, but Vavhei they can access. And they leech out power, and they use that to do unfortunately terrible things. However, when Mashiach comes in the future, what's going to be then? We just learned, Yia. There's not going to be any more Vavhei. There's only going to be Yudhei, Yudhei. Twice. There's only going to be Chachman Bina twice. So since it's not going to be Vavhei, there's only going to be Yudhei. So therefore, Chitzonius. Negativity will not have anywhere to leech out the power. So since there's not going to be any weird for negativity for the Satan, for the Satan, for the devil to leech power, guess what? Life's going to be great. Everyone's going to get along. Everyone's going to love each other. We're going to be happy. We're going to do what Hashem wants. Why? Where's the Yitzhara? Where's the, there's nothing. There's nowhere to leech power from. Babhei is not going to be there. It's all going to be Yudhei. It's all going to, so therefore, so since it's only been Yudhei, Abaim, Chachman Bina, so how can there be destruction? How can Klipot gain access? And he continues to explain as follows. Now, why is it that from Yudhei, which is Abaim, Chachman Bina, you cannot leech out? Chitzonius can't leech out. Versus when it comes to Vavhei, which represents Midois and Malchus, Zeyrampin and Nukva, how come they could leech power? And Derby explains very simply, he quotes from the Zohar. Because when it comes to Yudhei, which we know is Abaim, Chachman Bina, so it says in Zohar that Chachman Bina, Abaim, mother and father, are trained Rei and Deloim Esparshin. They're two friends that do not get disconnected, they don't separate from one another. So when Avaim is strong and they're totally connected, no one can leech out anything. On the other hand, Zun, Zeir Ampin and Nukvin, when it comes to the Midois, uh, the six Midois in Malchus, so their union is only at times. When it's enjoyable, when they like each other, etc. So, but, so they're not always connected. So because they're not always connected, they don't have full protection. By Avaim, Chachman, Bina, they're totally connected. So when they're totally connected, so it's two against one, no one can gain access. However, Zayir Ampin and Nukvin, they're not always connected. They're, 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 they're left alone. So when they're left alone, someone can come in and leech out power, and, uh, power from them. What happens when Mashiach is going to come in the future? So what's going to happen then is Vavhei is going to be elevated to the level of Yudhei. And because it's going to be elevated to the level of Yudhei, so Vavhei is going to be in the level of Yudhei, and therefore it's always going to be connected. And that's why when it comes to the base Migdash in the future, it's going to be everlasting. Because even Vavhei is going to be in the level of Yudhei, which means it's going to have the component, the gift of attachment like Yudhei, just like Avanaim. So even though there will be a level of Zerampan and Nukfin, that's part of the way Hashem made the world. But they're going to, be, they're going to have the, the, the protection of Avanaim, where they're always going to be connected. So therefore, since they're always going to be connected, so besides the fact that in the future there's not going to be any destruction, why would there be destruction? The negative forces can't leech in. But not only won't it be destroyed, like that, so to speak, protecting the negative that it can't destroy it, but even more so, that's going to be in a way that it's going to be, it's going to exist without any any limits. It's never going to be able to be stopped. Like the other quotes from the verse in the prophet that says, "Oil by Yitzayin by Yisuy the Soisol Netzach," that it's going to be an oil on one hand, a tent, a tent, a temporary abode. But guess what? You can't move it. The the pegs that are holding it in will never be able to be pulled out. So based on this Kabbalistic idea that what we say that in the future it's going to be all Yudhei, it's all going to be Abaim, it's going to be totally connected. So that's the connection between Yudhei, Tubav. What's Tubav? The 15th day of the month of Av. What's the 15th in Hebrew? Yud is 10 and Hei is 5. So the 15th is Yudhei, 
10 and 5, which is, represents Yud Hey Avain, which is totally connected. And when Mashiach comes, it's going to be the buff case going to come Yud, Yud Hey. So that's the connection that it says between Yud Hey, Tesvaba, the 15th of Av, and the third temple. Why? Because what's the third temple? The third temple is not just that we had one and two, and this is the third. The third is that it's a, the third temple that's not going to be able to be, it's going to be forever. It's not going to be a fourth God for it afterwards. The four, first and the second, there's unfortunately still going to be a third. But once you have the third, there's no more after that. That's going to be the ultimate temple. Why? How is it going to be forever? Like we just learned in Kabbalah. Because the third temple is connected to yud and yud does no disconnect. And that's the connection between Tuba of the 15th day of the month of Ab, which is the idea of yud so now the Rebbe just explained, you know, we just said that what's the connection between the 15th day of the month of Av. So on one hand we learned that that's a day the past tense, they celebrate the fact they stopped dying, but also the 15th day of the month of Av is connected to the future, the building of the third temple. Why? Because again, Tesvav is yud which is av which is totally connected, everlasting connection, and that's connected to the third temple, which is connected to yud and that's why the third temple is going to last forever. Okay, now we're going to go even deeper into it. So the Rebbe brings some Chassidic discourse there that he explains, and he continues on to explain like this. What did we just say? When Mashiach comes, you're going to have twice yud Yeah, Yiyah. yud yud It's going to be twice. Twice twice 15. Twice Avot. Twice Chachman Bina. That means Zun, Zer Ampham, and going to be in the level of Avaim. So he explains it based on what it's known, actually, in this week's Torah portion, where it says the Eschanan that Moshe Rabbeinu prayed to Hashem. Now we know if you take the the, the letters the Eschanan the Vav Aleph Sof Ches Nun Nun, so you come up to the numerical value of five hundred and fifteen. So the Eschanan is five hundred and fifteen, five hundred and fifteen. Now. What, now we're going to break it down Kabbalistically. What does it mean that Shanan five? What's five hundred and fifteen? So the Rebbe explains like this, based on the Zohar. And Zohar says as follows: What is five hundred? So five hundred, the Zohar says, five levels of Chesed, five Chasadim, of what? And in the Sfirot, we know the highest Sfirot is Keser. In Keser, you have the higher level, which is Attic, and then you have the lower level of Arach. So. The five hundred is five chasadim of 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 arich. Why is that? Because we know that every one of the zero are intertwined to ten. But that's when it starts with chachma. But when it comes to the level of attic and arich in the idea of keser, over there each one is intertwined with with the others. That's ten, and each one of those are ten. So every sphere is really to the power of a hundred. So since you're dealing with at arich, which is part of keser, so it's intertwined a hundred times and you have five chasadim, five levels of chesed which basically it's chesed word because the, power, the, the dominant sphere of all the spheres is chesed so therefore you have five chasadim five levels of chesed times a hundred so you have five hundred so first level is you have five levels of chesed of arach and even a step deeper you actually have five levels of chesed in attic it's also a level of five hundred now, so you see, what do we say so far? You have 515. So what does 500 represent? 500 represents five levels of chesed, either of arich, which is intertwined and makes it 500, or five levels of chesed in attic, which makes it 500. And these five chesedim of attic or arich, they come down and they shine into 15. Yud Hey, Avaim, Chachman Bino. So Eschanon, Beschanon, the Rebbe explains, is 515. 500 is the five Chasadim of Atik and Arich that shine into the 15, Yud Hey, which is, represents the idea of Avaim, Chachman Bino. Yud is Chachman, Hey is Bino. That's the first connection with Yud K. Then there, there's another, another deeper insight. We know when they built the Mishkan, so the Torah tells us, when they built the walls, it says, Chamesh Esrei Amo, 15 cubits, Kloyim, for the curtains, Lakasef on the side. 
So Chamesh Esrei 15, we already know, is 15. 15 is what? yud Hey, yud Hey is Chachman Bina. Avaim. Kosef for the side. Kosef is spelled with three letters. Chaf is 20. Saf is 400. And Pei is 80. How much is that in total? 500. So the side represents 500. So you see that when it comes to the Mishkan, what do you have, Kabbalistically? You have the side, which is 500, Kosef, and what's the length? 15. Also, five, five chasadim of Ka'atik and Arich connected, coming into Abaim Chachman Bina. Which basically, what does that mean? That 15 amay, 15 cubits for the side of, of the curtain, which be, the idea is to bring in Atik, that Atik, this powerful level of Atik, should come into Yudke Chachman Bina. And what's interesting is that the Torah tells us how many sides were there. There was one side and there was another side. So you see, you have twice in the Mishkan, 515. Because you have twice the idea of 15. Yud hey, yud hey, twice. Why? Because in, in the in the courtyard of the Mishkan, there was two sides. Each one had 15. And um, and twice, it's twice, yud, yud hey, yud, yud hey, yud hey, just like what's going to be like a Mashiach comes. <clears throat> now, so the Rebbe's going to explain, what, what does that mean practically? In other words... What's the idea? You have five. You have this wall, which is five hundred, which is the idea of chesed of Atik, which comes into Yudhei, which comes into Chachman Bina, and we do it twice, once on each side. What does that mean? That what's the idea of bringing in chesed into into, into Chachman Bina? Because why do you need it on both sides? Because what do you have on one side? Yudhei, which is our name, Chachman Bina. What's on the second side? You already have it already. Because since we know you have Vav Hay, which is Zerampin and Nukvin, and you want to elevate that to Yud Hay, so therefore you need it on each side. One side takes care of Chachman Bina the way it is, and the other side brings it into Zerampin and Nukvin, where it's elevated to the level of Yud Why is that? Because the fact is, if you look at the way it works in Seder Hishtalshos, the, the, way, the way the flow of energy works, you have Chachman Bina, which is Abaim, and then it goes down to the level Zerampin and Nukvin. The sixth Midas and Malchus. Now, so the fact is like this. We're trying to do what? We're trying to elevate Zer Ampin and Nukvin should be in the level of Abaim so that it should be protected. Because if it's, if, it's, if it's in the lower level, it's, it's unprotected. So in order for it to be protected, so you want to elevate Zun. How do you elevate Zun? Zer Ampin and Nukvin is, 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 is the sixth Midas and Malchus. How do you elevate it? So in order to elevate it, you have to bring in something which is beyond the level of Shalshalus, and you have to bring it from the level of Kesser, and specifically you have to bring it from the higher level of Kesser, Arach is not enough, you have to bring it from Atik. So that's why you have the 500, which is coming from Atik, from Kesser, because Kesser are allowed to elevate Zerampin and Nukvin to the level Abaim, and that's why it creates the protect- protection. And Rebbe explains that um, the the difference between the the uh, the um, the two explanations in the Hasidic discourse. In other words, in the first explanation, he speaks out what elevating Zer Ampen and Nukvin. You want to elevate it so that you can protect it, and this way they're both on the same level of Ab Aim Chachman Bina. In the second level, he explains more the way you're drawing in Attic, which is the source. Of Zerampin and Nukvin. So, one way you're elevating Zerampin and Nukvin, it comes in level Abaim, and therefore you just have two levels of Abaim. The other way is you're bringing an attic into that level. So, he says that <clears throat> Tubav, the 15th day of the month, month of Av, is also connected to the two levels. So the second explanation of you need that you, you need the two the two yud k yud hey to elevate to elevate the to elevate um, zer ampen and Ukvin. Why? Because what happens on tubav? On tubav you have the revelation of the five levels of chesed of atik in ava in chachman bina, and when it comes into so on tubav when it comes atik comes into. Ava Aim and comes into Chachman Bina and then it comes down all the way down to Malchus to, to the lower Sura. Now, so that's what happens on Tubal. So the Rebbe is explaining based on this, this powerful insight that what happens is like this. 
you, you're bringing in from the 500, which is the five chasadim, into Yudke, which is Chachman Bina, even into the level Zun to elevate it, and if it, it gets the full protection. Now, when does it happen? So obviously on a spiritual level, we see it happen in the Mishkan. We see that Moshe Rabbeinu prayed it in this Hanan, but on Tubav it happens as well. Now if it happens as well on Tubav, so how come we don't see it? So says the, the, the real revelation of this is going to happen when, when Mashiach comes. However, some kind of um, a, a ray of this type of revelation is also today in Tubav. Why? Because on Tubov you have a, a ma'in, you have some kind of like a, a little taste of the tremendous revelation when it's going to be like when Shia comes. So in other words, like this. Tubov, which is Yudhe, which represents Ava'im, which represents the powerful component of the revelation of the 500 Hasadim into Ava'im, and that, and what happens then is, which, and that's connected to the third temple, where it's going to be forever, because it's only going to be Yudhei, so we have that, on a certain level, on a minor level, on a superficial level, we have it today as well. The ultimate revelation is what Mashiach comes. Now, so this heavy stuff that we just learned, what's going to happen, what, what happens on Tubal, so you have to really get, get into it, because Tubal, you have this tremendous, powerful revelation. Now, so the question is, what's the reason that on Tubov, the 15th day of the month of Av, you have such a tremendous re- uh, revelation? And the answer is, because what we learned before, on Tubov, the moon is complete. And not only is it complete, but it's complete after the tremendous down and the tremendous unfortunate ha- things that happened on Tishabov. So since we went through such a low on Tishabov, the destruction of both temples and the people dying and when they decree we're not going to go into the land of Israel etc. So when Tubav comes and you have Yudhei, you have Abba'im is shining so that's why Tubav is, is, is a powerful day to receive this powerful revelation. So the Rebbe says we have to understand what, what's the question? In Hebrew it's called that on the 15th day of the month I'll say, I'll say in Hebrew I'll translate it that the moon is complete because we know in the beginning of the month it's small it gets bigger and bigger on the 15th it's complete then it starts getting smaller again so when does that happen? it happens when? on the 15th so everyone says one second this that on the 15th the moon is complete that's only in relation to the revelation of the way the moon is complete and I was ever saying it's like this the truth is, the Rebbe says, the moon, the way you see it on the 15th that it's complete, guess what? The moon is that way a whole month. The moon is complete the whole month. How come in the, in the beginning of the month you only see a small part? Because it's covered. So, what, But really what's happening is the moon is complete the whole month. On the beginning of the month, they show you a little bit, and every single day you start seeing more of it. On the 15th, they reveal to you the whole thing. And then it starts getting concealed again. So in other words, like this, the fact that the moon is complete on the 15th, we see it complete on the 15th, but it doesn't negate the fact that on the 1st, on the 2nd, on the 5th, on the 25th, it's the same complete. The only difference is that during the rest of the month, it's not revealed to us. On the 15th, it's complete. Now, <clears throat> so since in reality... What is technically the difference between the 15th and the 1st, the 5th, the 10th, the 25th? What's the difference? The difference is that throughout the month, the moon is concealed. On the 15th, it's full revelation. In other words, on the 1st, it's almost like totally concealed. As you get to the 15th, it gets more revealed. 15th is full revelation. And then it starts getting concealed again. So in other words, when we say the moon is complete, we don't mean the moon is complete. We mean it's completely revealed to us. So the 15th of the month, it's not about the moon is complete, it's about, to be specific, the moon is, com- the moon, the moon is completely revealed. Now, Jehovah says, since in Torah, everything is precise. Everything's precise. There's no, there's no vague things, there's no approximation. Everything is very, very specific. So therefore, you have to say that what? What is the quality of the 15th of the month? Not that the moon is complete, that the revelation 
revelation underlined of the moon is complete to us on the 15th. That's really what happens on the 15th. So again, to take it, what they're saying now is that the 15th, it's not that the moon is complete. The revelation, the gilu, the revelation of the moon on the 15th is complete to us. Now, <clears throat> so based on this, you're asked the question as follows. What we learned before, that in the 15th day of the month of Av, you have some kind of small image, vision, perspective of the revelation of what it's going to be like in the temple, in the third temple, when Mashiach comes. What's going to happen then? So besides the fact we know in the third temple, the revelation in the third temple is much greater than the first and the second temple. It's going to be bigger actually in the first and the second temple. And not only quantitatively, but qualitatively, the third temple is going to be much more powerful physically, spirit, on all levels be more powerful. And like we already learned before, that what? In the third temple is connected to what? Yiyeh, twice yud. In other words, Zer Ampin Venukva, the sixth Midas and Malchus is going to be at the level of Avaim. And in Avaim, what are you going to have? A is going to be on that level and you're going to have the revelation of Atik, of Kesser, the 500 levels of Chesed. So in other words, the third temple is much greater. But nevertheless, we can we associate the quality of the 15th of Av, which knows we're going to have the moon, that the moon is complete, which basically means only it's complete in terms of revelation. There's a technical difference. So how can you compare that to the third temple? And other words, the fact that the moon is complete in the 15th, during the the moon is the same moon. The only part of the month is concealed. On the fifteenth, it's revealed. It's great. It's nice to have a revelation, but there's no change in the moon. On the other hand, when it comes to the third temple, which we're connecting it to, the third temple is going to be much greater. It's going to be greater on, on, on a physical level, on a spiritual level. The revelation of Yud K, which is above K, is going to be like Yud K. So, what's really the connection? So that's issue number one that we asks. Also, we have to understand what is the idea we said of the 15th of the month of Av, we associate it with the fact, as Zohar said, where it says in the Torah about the Mishkan, the, the walls of the Mishkan, was 15, uh, 15 cubits for the side, which, I, which, which spiritually that means that was the 500 of Atik which comes into Yudke. Now, when did that happen? That happened before Hamishah Sabah that was celebrating. And it happened even before the first occurrence of the 15th of Av. The day that people, that they stopped dying after 39 years. They had the Mishkan in the desert. They didn't stop dying until when they were ready to go into the land of Israel. And not only that, that they had the Mishkan before they even sent the spies into the land of Israel. Because, and because of that, that's when they died. So if that's the case, already we had the Mishkan, which represented the 515. So what's the powerful thing? There was no holidays like the 15th day of the month of Av. What do you mean? We had the Mishkan. In the Mishkan, you had the 15. Now, <clears throat> to, to, to bring out the point even stronger and clearer, that, in other words, that the holiday of Tubav is connected with what? Not with a new moon, but a revealed moon. It's also understood what we learned before. What is the connection of the 15th of Av? Because that's the day that they stopped dying. The reality is, when did they stop dying? They stopped dying on Tishabav. Every year they died on Tisha B'av in the graves, and the 40th year they didn't die. When did they stop dying? On Tisha B'av. And they came out, but then they realized maybe I made a mistake. So they went back in. And they went to the 10th, the 11th, behind the, they saw the noon of the 15th. They realized, guess what? Guess no one died. I guess this plague must be over. Now, so the 15th of Av, what happened then? They stopped dying on the 15th, they stopped dying on Tisha B'av. They stopped dying on Tisha B'av, the 9th of Av. So what's the celebration of the 15th? You know, even though they died in the on, 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 they stopped dying in the 9th, that the celebration was, that's when they found out. That's when it was revealed to them they stopped dying in Tishabov. So the celebration on the 15th of Ab, they stopped dying, even though technically they stopped in the 9th, because that's when it became clear, and that's when it became a reality, and that's when it was revealed to them they stopped dying. 
And so you see clearly, there is pointing out that we see that the idea of Tuba of is connected to something unique. And the unique of Yutubav is of the fact that it's revealed. And just like the moon is revealed the most on the 15th of the day of the month of, the same thing also, what happened on Tubav? It was revealed that they stopped dying on the Tishabav. So the is going to explain now this idea, this important component of revelation that takes place on Tubav. Key, revelation, the key word is revelation. And the explains it as follows. Just like when it came to the idea that they died every single year in Tishabov. When they stopped dying, they stopped dying in Tishabov. But they didn't know. When did they know they stopped dying in Tishabov? When finally the 15th day of the month came and they give a look, oh my gosh, a full moon, it must be the 15th, and we didn't die. So they found out then that they stopped dying in Tishabov. So the 15th represents clarity, revelation of a gift that they already received six days before. So the Rebbe says, the same thing applies with the tremendous, terrible decree of destruction of the two temples and the exile that we went into, that when did the annulment of the decree take place? It took place in Tishabov. And those both temples are destroyed. That happened in Tishabov. When was the annulment of the decree? On Tishabov itself. Why? Because we all know it says that in Tishabov, Mashiach is born. The Mashiach, the Messiah is born on Tishabov. And what happened is after Tishabov, when we sanctify the new moon, and what's the whole idea of sanctifying the moon? We say, we make the blessings of sanctifying the moon, we say, Just like the moon gets renewed every month, so the same thing also, we renewed, we have a renewed, we have the birth of Mashiach now with us in Tishabov. However, when do we have the revelation and the completion of the rebirth of Mashiach? That happens on Tubov. Why? Because that's when the moon is complete. That's when you know that it's complete. In other words, take it a step further. Before we go further. So again, the Rebbe is saying it's like this. Just like when the, they stopped dying on Tishabov, but we found that on Tubov, the same thing also when destruction that took place in both temples happened on Tishabov, and Mashiach is born on Tishabov, well, when do we find out? We find out on the 15th day of the month. And the Rebbe says, take it like a step further, and he says like this, step further and step deeper. Tishabov, we had destruction of both temples. Tishabov is also the beginning, the beginning of the redemption, of the future redemption. Not only because Mashiach was born in Tishabov, but actually even before that. Even though Mashiach was born in Tishabov, so technically you say, what do you mean? Mashiach was born in Tishabov, that's when, that's, when, that's when it started. But there was even started before. Why? Because we all know what it says, Al Aryeh, the Hikrav Israel, that the lion went up and destroyed the temple. Um, why did it happen? Almanas, so that so that the lion should come and, and rebuild the temple. In other words, in other words, when the lion came to destroy the temple, what does it say? In the, what does it say in the Medrash? So that we can build even a better temple. So, in other words, when the, t- the destruction was taking place, was there a plan for a future temple? Absolutely. The lion came to destroy the temple so that we can build a bigger temple, the third temple. So when they, when the destruction was taking place, there was already a plan for the next temple. The only difference is that when they were destroying the temple with the plan for the next temple, so that thought of the building the next temple, that was a thought that was concealed. Just like in our thoughts, and it wasn't revealed. What we see is the destruction. But <clears throat> the goal is... That uh, the goal of the destruction is that we should have to build the next temple. And not only the next temple, but the third temple, which is going to be bigger and greater than the first and second temple. And right after the destruction, we already have the beginning of the redemption. Why? Because the Mashiach was born. The, re- the Redeemer was already born. Now, the birth took place when on Tishabov. But that's only the beginning of the relation. He was only born then. And as we see, the fact is 
that when it comes to Tisha B'Av, that there's that the we know that in, in the afternoon of Tisha B'Av already the the uh, the intense morning uh, l- l- lowers down a little bit, and um, <clears throat> there is morning, but there's less intense morning in the af- in the afternoon of Tisha B'Av, and also after after Kiddush Lavana, etc. But when is the major revelation that takes place in Tubov? Now, so now we'll see the connection of the powerful idea of the 15th of Av with the connection that on the 15th of Av is the completion of the revelation of the moon. Why? It's a revelation. What kind of revelation? Of revelation, not born, not that the moon is born. It's only revealed to us. Because what's Chamisha Asabav? Chamisha Asabav is all about revelation. Revelation of the redemption, which already existed in a concealed level, on the thought level, and intention level, but on Teshabav. So Nazareth is showing us something so powerfully here. That Tishabov, you already have the birth of, of the salvation, but the revelation happens when? On Tubov. So Tubov represents, just like Tubov represents revelation of the moon, because not creating a moon, the same thing also Tubov rep- represents the revelation, the revelation of the redemption in a real in a real way. <clears throat> and based on this, Jerba explains that we know that um, when it comes to the commandment, the famous commandment in the Bible, where it says, Migdosh, Hashem says, commands us, make to me a Migdosh, make to me a sanctuary, so that I can dwell there. Which is not just a, 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 a commandment of the past, but it's a commandment, past, present, future, for all generations, that we have a biblical obligation to make a house for Hashem. Where's the synagogue, where they're at home making your house for Hashem. And it's the, the commandment for the two temples that were afterwards, the first and the second temple. It includes a temple when Mashiach's going to come. This commandment applies, again, past, present, and future. But specifically, where is the, what, what was the commandment given to? It was given to making the Mishkan, the temporary abode for the Jewish people. So Why? If the temple inclu- if the commandment includes the first and the second temple and the third temple, why was it specifically associated with the Mishkan, the dwelling place? And there we explain it because what is the Mishkan? In the Mishkan, you had in there, albeit in a concealed way, also in a concealed way, the, the temple, which is gonna be which is the permanent temple, the Bet Migdash of the first and the second, also in a concealed way you had the base of Migdash of the future. Which will be quoted the verse before from the prophet that says, Oil bal it's going to be a, a, a tent which is not going to be, um, not going to be, not going to be tra- transported like the, like the tabernacle was. It's going to be there forever. And like we know when it comes to the redemptions, when it comes to being free from something. So we know the first redemption that we had was when we went out of Egypt. And going out of Egypt, even though it was the first, over there, in going out of Egypt, you have the key, and you have in it, in, in it buried, the key to going out of any exile that we're in. It all started with going out of Egypt. Even the future redemption is connected, and somehow to the first redemption going out of Egypt. Now, the fact is, the revelation of the of the the third temple and the ultimate redemption. How does that happen? That happens through our work while we're in Gullus. So you know, the seed for it wasn't going out of Egypt. But it happens through our work in Gullus. Just like we learned that through um, Hashem is going to take us out. We learned in the last discourse. Uh, 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 Hashem is going to take us out. But nevertheless, we have to do true first. We do, redem- we, do our, we do return to Hashem. Once we return to Hashem, Hashem takes us out. Now, when, the, when we left Egypt, all the Jewish people were on a level of tzaddik. When we left Egypt, we did tshuva, we're leaving at tzaddikim. Now, <clears throat> so since we're on the level of a tzaddik, so the going out of the ultimate going out of this gullus, which is also including going out of Egypt, that's why it was concealed. 
So even though he went out then, but it included everything, but it was in a concealed in a concealed level. So based on this, Rebbe explains very powerfully why in the Mishkan, in the tabernacle, so we mentioned before the walls, why specifically it was 15 cubits, Yudhei, and for the side, which we said is 500 numerically, because even though the 500 Yudhei, Ava Aim, um, in the future, it's going to be Yudhei Yudhei. So everything's going to be Yudhei. It's going to be only Ava Aim. It's not going to be Vavhei. So even though that does not apply to the Mishkan, it has to do with the, what, the third temple. So why do we have 15 and 500 Yudhei on both sides in the Mishkan? Even though that doesn't really apply technically till the, till the third temple, because in the Mishkan was already in there, buried in a secret way, also the base of Migdash, the ultimate temple, and also specifically the third temple. But nevertheless, when it comes to holidays, there was no greater holiday for the Jewish people like the 15th day of the month of Av. Why? Because before we sinned, before we sinned with the bad report of Israel, the Chetam of the Miraglim, before they came back with a, bad, with a bad report, so before we sinned, giving a bad report about Israel, so if, if, if things would have gone the way they were supposed to, there wouldn't have been a destruction for the temple, and therefore you wouldn't have to build a third temple. If we didn't sin, bad report for Israel, we wouldn't have cried that night. We would have built a temple, and voila, that we would only had one temple. We wouldn't have had to have one temple destroyed, a second temple destroyed, and then the third temple. The first temple would have done the job. So therefore, there wouldn't have been any need for the third temple. But what happened after we sinned by giving the bad report about the land of Israel, and Hashem decreed that the Jewish people of the desert... They're not going to go into the land of Israel and Hashem decreed that there's going to be a destruction of the temple. So once you have a decree of destruction of the first temple and the second temple, Hashem's not destroying and He's not going to leave us empty-handed. So in Hashem's mind already, there was a plan for the ultimate third temple. So, very powerful. Again, if we didn't sin, voila, we would have the first temple, let's go. But when, once we sinned, and then Hashem already decided, guess what, he's going to destroy the first one, he's going to destroy the second one, and what, is that going to be a third one? Hashem already then, on a level of machshava, thought, intent, the third temple was already out there. So what happens then is, and this all happened when? On Tishabav. So on Tishabav, on Tishabav, Hashem planned, we're not going to the land of Israel, we're going to die in the desert. Destruction of the first temple, destruction of the second temple, but then on Tishabav, Hashem planned the dying was going to stop on Tishabav. We found that on the 15th. Hashem already planned then the rebuilding of the third temple on Tishabav. But what happens on the 15th day of the month, on the month of Ab, every single year, starting from the first year, when, we, when the Jewish people stopped dying in the desert, the, 30, the 40th year, and how much more so after that we have destruction of both temples. So what happens today on the 15th day of the month of Av, it's revealed to us the internal power of the 15 Amos, the 15 cubits, which is um, for, uh, for the side of the Mishkan, which is the idea of, which is the idea of drawing in the 500 of, of, of Chesed, which is coming from Atik into the level of yud Hey, up until it comes down to Malchus. Like again, the, the verse says, Oil Val Yitzhak in the tent, which is not going to move which is referring to the third temple where there's not going to be any limit. Powerful. So in other words, to be clear, what they was saying is that just like in Tishabov was the destruction, and within the destruction is a plan for a building, the revelation, when do we find out on the 15th? Because on the 15th, everything gets revealed. So on the 15th of Av, we will experience the revelation of what it's going to be like when Mashiach comes. And then what gets revealed is that the true crying that happened on the first Tishabov, because we know when they came back with the bad report, so the Jewish people cried. As the Torah says, it's like, they cried that night. And because of that, they became a for generations on Tishabov till this year. We cried for that first crying. 
So on one hand, you can look at it in a concealed way. Yeah, we cried. We weren't going into the land of Israel. We cried for one destruction, for another destruction. But the goal is, the revelation is going to be, what's born from that is, so there should be the crying lemalyusa. We should cry on a high level way. Um, crying for the future. Like the prophet says, when Mashiach is going to be revealed, we're going to come with tears. What kind of tears? Not tears of sorrow. There's tears of joy. Like it's brought down many places in Zohar that when a person has tremendous, tremendous joy, you can't contain it, so it comes out in tears. But there's tears of joy. Why? Because since powerful levels are being revealed, so the joy in Tubov is because of the tremendous joy that we can't contain ourselves because we're experiencing what it's going to be like when Mashiach comes. And like the Rebbe brings from the, what brought down in Chazal and says in reference to Reikiva, when he understood and he was able to comprehend and connect to the secrets of Torah, of Shir, Shir, the Song of Songs of King, King Solomon, the deepest secrets of the Torah. So it says Reikiva, when he got, when he was able to get it, when he was able to grasp it, his, he, there came down tears from his eyes. What kind of tears? Not tears of sorrow. Tears of joy. Why? Because the light was so huge. And based on this, the Rebbe explains why it says, when it comes to the 15th day of the month of Av, so one opinion says that the daughters of Jerusalem, but actually some places it says that all the daughters of the Jewish people, they would go out and they would dance in the vineyards. In other words, the dancing of the 15th day of the month of Av is, is, is comparable to what it's going to be like the dancing of the future when Mashiach comes. Because it says in reference to Mashiach comes, Hashem is going to make a mochoy latzadikim. There's going to be a tremendous dance for the, for the righteous people. And every single one of us is going to point with our finger. And we're going to say, This is Hashem. We trusted in Him. And Hashem took us out of the Golas. Hashem, this is our this is our God, Kivinoloi. We trusted in him, Nagilov and Nismachabishwasai, we're gonna be joy and celebrate in the fact that Hashem is saving us. In other words, when it came when we went out of Egypt, so it says we said Zeh, but we only said one Zeh. What we say, Zeh Kaili Bambayu. This is a this is our God, we're gonna adore him. But it says only one Zeh. However, when it comes to Mashiach's gonna come, it says Hashem says twice. Why? Because when we left Egypt, we were on the level of Sadiqin, we're righteous people. So we only had to say Zer once. Why? Why once? Because it was the revelation of Zer, Zer Amphin, the small face, the Midois. However, when Mashiach comes in the future, we're going to be in a level of Altshuva, we're going to return to Hashem with through repentance. Because we know when a person repents, Teshuvahs can fly him with the Shia. You get a double, a double reward. We're going to say twice in reference to Hashem Zer. Another, what's the idea of twice there? The revelation of Zah, Zerambin, the six Midois, and the revelation of Yudke Vavke of Atik, and the verse continues, so first it's Zah, and then Yudke Vavke of Atik, but the verse continues and says, Nagilav we're going to rejoice and, re- and, and, and we're going to celebrate in the salvation, and the Rebbe says it's possible to say that Yeshua Asai is referring to the salvation of Hashem. Which comes after the te- second Zer. The first Zer is for, for the Zer Ampin. The second one is for Yudke Bavke. But what comes after that? It's going to Primius Apik, the internal part of Apik, the internal part of the highest level of Kesser. And as we know, in the future, it's going to be, uh, we're going to have also the revelation of the Primius, the internal part of Apik. And Rebbe finishes off and he says, it should be the will that all these things that we just learned, this tremendous revelations of now Tubov. The revelation of the third, the third temple, the revelation of Yudke, the Atik, all that such we revealed should happen Bekarif Mamish very, very quickly. And there was a, especially after we said in the Haftoira, on Minchav Tishva, what did we say? Kroivo Yeshuasi Lavoi, Hashem's salvation is very, very close to come. That the Yeshua, the salvation of Hashem, the salvation that on that we say Nagilov and Nisma Chabishuasai. We're going to celebrate. We're going to be rejoiced for the salvation of Hashem. He Kroivalovai. It's very very close to come. The Kariv Mamish very quickly. Ubagolo Didan Amen Kain Yehiratzayin should happen very very quickly and very very soon. So as you can tell, this is a very, very powerful Hasidic discourse. It opens up our eyes to the real power of Tubov. Tubov is all about being able to see 
the revelation in a revealed way of what's in store for us. Yudke, Avaim, the future, the future of the third temple which we can experience. Let's hope and pray. We'll learn the Tzedek discourse, we'll connect to it, and we'll all experience a whole different level of Tubov and things that possibly were concealed to us till now will be revealed in a beautiful, powerful way. And as Rebbe says, Nagilov and Nismuch Bishwasai, we should rejoice and we should celebrate in the fact that Hashem is going to take us out of Golas and the Mitchum next class will be in your Shalayim Ir Have a great and blessed, happy week.